0: But the biggest one would be we launching out, seeing success in one area, and we just tried launching out so many other programs. And I realized that those programs are not resonating with people because we had deviated from our approach of solving people's problems.
1: Hey there, welcome to Growing Africa podcast. I'm Daniel Ose Edwin, and on this show, I interview the founders, operators, and growth leaders of African startups to learn how they acquire their first 1,000 users and approach growth. For the full Growing Africa experience, visit danielose.com slash growingafrica.
2: So we're going to start with an introduction. For the listeners, let's get to know you. Who is Harry.
0: So, yeah, um, I'm Harry Nahulu, and um, the simplest way to describe myself is a technology entrepreneur and a technology management person, basically. Um, First of all, my, my first six years in tech was basically as an operator, yeah, where I actually work with founders in just helping them move division for a startup from point A to B, yeah, and that in that 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 experience from that experience, I was able to work across multiple like aspects of, of tech in tech, but with focus on the non-engineering side, which means I i have worked yeah. in roles like HR, um technical recruitment, um, operations, product management, project management, and um currently. I'm transferring all of those experiences into building Trefford, yeah, where I served on a day-to-day basis as the CEO and co-founder. and um, Trefford is an Ed-tech startup focused on helping professionals and businesses build non-technical skills in tech, or what we prefer to call local tech skills.:
2: That's a solid portfolio right there. So Thank you. so let's talk about, about Trefford yeah. So what is Trefford, and how did you get the idea to build Trefford?
0: So yes, um, Trefford is an edtech startup focused on helping professionals and businesses build no tech skills that they need to build and scale digital products globally. Yeah. So I'm going to hone down specifically on when you think of Trefford, the one thing that comes to mind is no-code skills. Yeah. And um, what it simply means is that we are focused on helping people in. Build careers in tech across all levels, but we are strictly focused on the non-technical aspect of tech. Yeah, so that means that, yeah. all career paths in tech that are not coding related. We are focused on creating resources for people in form of cohort-based live bootcamps, in form of um, um, master classes, in form of self-based learning courses that they can use to build their careers. Either they are transitioning from another career into tech, or um, for those who are just starting their journey in tech, or for those who are already in tech, but they just want to fill a specific skill gap to move to the next level. Yeah. So we have resources across all levels that help people build different career paths, from product management to product marketing to product design to content marketing to product strategy, and we are continuously developing more local tech career paths. Basically, and how did we come about this? How did this idea come about? Uh, um, I always tell people that the goal for me was really not to be a firm. My goal was never really to, I I never really had that ambition or goal to. I never set out to become a founder, yeah, for the want of, um, for the lack of better words. I'm still an operator first Mm -hmm. at heart, yeah, so it means I enjoy being behind the scenes and just doing the dirty work of moving companies from. Maybe one point to another point, from one milestone to another milestone. Yeah, that is really how um, I'm wired. But what brought about Trefford was when I, uh, when my, when I during my first during my transition into tech, like while I was still in school or before university, yeah, um, I noticed my interest in tech has always been from the business side and the management side of things. Yeah, but one of the things I noticed was. The engineering side of tech, the people in the engineering side of tech had this easy infrastructure they could use to build and scale their career. And you can easily look at the tech ecosystem in Africa. People who were doing, people who were building careers, who started building careers in tech, maybe even as early as 2015, 2016, most of them are probably not in the country anymore. They have scaled their career to the point where they are building, they are, they are now senior software engineers in top companies. Like Apple, the likes of Google, the likes of Microsoft, the likes of Amazon, yeah. Mm-hmm. But for people who were looking to, and that's because they could easily assess things like community. They could easily assess, even within university system in Nigeria, they could easily assess things like communities, mentors, gatherings where they could actually just get motivation to build or to learn, and there were projects they could easily jump on. So there was a whole infrastructure that was built that help people move faster and there was also andela andela also came into the picture where they created a program that developed fast track the growth of a lot of software engineers yeah. but, all, but all this we are just focused on technical talent there was nothing like this for non technical talents yeah so for for for, my, for people like myself and so many other people who built a lot of capacity on the business side of tech we had to figure things out ourselves and by figuring mm-hmm. things out it means a lot of mistakes were made, a lot of money were lost, yeah. Just because there were we really didn't have that kind of infrastructure that the engineering guys had. We didn't even know when we could move from one point to the other career-wise. We mm-hmm. we just had to figure those things out. And as a result, I noticed that a lot of people were not even aware about the other they just talk, whenever they hear tech, they just think of coding. They didn't know there were so many other career opportunities in tech that it should true. be. A problem. Until they started seeing few people thriving in tech but not writing codes. Yeah. So uh, that was really what brought about Trefford. First of all, myself and my co founder were working in the same startup at the time, and a lot of people kept coming to us that, well, you guys are actually in tech. So how can I also position myself to be in tech like you guys?
2: Yeah. Without being technical.
0: Exactly. Not necessarily, not necessarily, I wouldn't say technical because, or just necessarily, Without being a software engineer, how can you thrive in tech? Because at the yeah. end of the day, the more you grow in tech, the more you realize that you can actually be technical without necessarily having to write code. Because at some point, yeah. you start understanding the language that these people speak. I guess you. Like, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was really what came. That was really what brought about record. It started with we, even first of all, creating like, first of all, speaking at events. In fact, I spoke, I, I created curriculums for some edtech startups, like very popular edtech startups where I worked with them in creating their first curriculums for career paths like product management, project mm-hmm. management, yeah? Um, and I did this just out of the passion at the time because I was like, I can't keep spending a lot of my work hours helping people or telling people how to get into tech. So if there's someone who has a structure that can help mm-hmm. people learn already. I was just partner with them in doing problem that. With them. Eventually, I realized that people were still not tackling the real problem, which is creating more like an end-to-end infrastructure that will help people not just get information, but actually build a, a structured career and create a career mm-hmm. progression. Yeah, so so that, that mm-hmm. was really what um, led to us starting Trefford, yeah? That's so it didn't, it, yeah. Yeah, so it, it kind of started, it's the whole journey has been very organic, to be to be honest. A lot of things were not planned out from day one. A lot of things has we've evolved with the demands of our learners. Yeah, so uh, we started with oh, create a masterclass to inform people about opportunities. Those people started asking, are we going to have a training that actually helps us now get these opportunities? Yeah, so that so we sat down with experts and in our network created curriculums that actually help people now move. Do things and build like gain actual jobs. From there, we moved again to people started asking about other career opportunities that they were introduced to from the initial curriculum we launched. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, we we're like, this thing is we even have a name because it didn't even have a name. There was nothing like Trefford. So it was no. why that was already, yeah, it was why that was already happening. we were like, this thing is, first of all, we realized that it was not a small problem, it was a very big problem. With a massive market. Yes. It was not just within our circle, it was something happening within not just within Africa, but even outside of Africa. We started seeing a lot of people showing interest in joining. Even our earliest master classes, we had people join from multiple countries. And we realized mm-hmm. that we probably we have a we have an actual problem to solve here. Yeah, yeah. that. yeah, so that's how Trefford came about, basically.
2: I mean, this is this is this is a real problem that you guys are solving. Yeah, yeah just I think it was just yesterday, or was it even this morning? I made a yeah. tweet, you know, talking about why there's not enough attention on product marketers. Because I noticed I would, I was just scrolling through Twitter and I saw someone put something up like how to become a UI, UI product designer, this yeah. and that. I'm like, product marketers, how far nobody's saying anything about product marketers. Why is yeah. that so, sure? so? So it's actually true, this problem really exists. And I love I love the fact that you guys are doing this. I mean, I think I told you that I, I started a course on Trevor myself yes. for product. Yes. Marketing. Yeah, so how would
0: <laughs> <laughs> our conversation on
2: exactly. Exactly. So yes. I mean, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. I've used the product, so I know it's fantastic. So the next question is: um, When did you officially launch? And like, how many users do you currently
0: have? So I'll just answer that question from the perspective of our products, our self-paced learning platform. First of all, we launched our self-paced learning platform, the product that you have access to, where you took the yeah. course. We launched that in Q1, um, 2023. That is about just four months ago. Yeah, we launched mm. it publicly. We launched it publicly February. Yeah, but before mm. then, we had, there's, we had already built a name that people mm. would trust enough to go and take courses on that platform. And we built that through our cohort-based learning programs, like cohort-based life programs, boot camps, uh, master classes. Mm. And we've, been, we've, we've run boot camps and master classes with consistency at, since say 2021, 2020. Yeah. Mm. But in terms of launching an actual product that people can now use <laughs> wherever they are at their own. Yes, we did that this year. Um uh, just uh, I think around February, March. Yeah.
2: Fantastic. So how many users yeah. do you have like presently? Or-
0: On the self-based learning platform, we are already we've we've crossed about 4,800 users since like within the first three months of launching the e-learning platform. Yeah. But in terms of people who have gone through all our programs at Trefford, whether our self based courses, our live programs at Trefford, at least over 15,000 people have gone through one learning program or the other at Trefford from Mm -hmm. more than 10 countries. Wow. Well done. (laughs) And And in terms of our cohort-based programs, we've we've, we've crossed over 25 cohort-based programs.
2: Since you started in 2020, yes, 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 fantastic. Nice. So now let's go all the way back to you know like that cohort based learning, yeah. the first, very first one. So yeah. I mean, since it's a cohort, definitely it wasn't just one person; it was like a group of people. How yeah. did you get that first group of learners together?
0: I mean, a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, marketing experiments, um, which still drives. How we execute to date, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we um, we did a couple of things. First of all, I mean, our first our first ever program at Trefford was not even digital; it was physical, yeah. It mm-hmm. was physical, mm-hmm. and um, what we did at the time was to drive. I mean, we we partnered with quite a number of communities that we know that had cluster of people in cluster of people who had interest in building tech careers or who had interest in building careers that were non-technical, yeah? So we kind mm-hmm. of identified those people early enough, partnered with them, and um, those people were happy to actually share this oppo- learning opportunity within their network, yeah? That was mm-hmm. one of the first we did. And the second thing we did, obviously, is the normal marketing campaign that every other person does, yeah? Talk about our offering, but even then, I mean, we had very few followers across our team. We had, like... Maybe imagine having to push that with less than maybe hundred to two hundred followers on your social media channels. Yeah. But I mean, we did that, but we did that at the time. Um, then also, I mean, um, a lot of people seen that because it was a, it was something new that people were not. It, was, it one of the things we just were lucky to easily to to, laugh, to tap into early enough. Was we just realized that people have been waiting for this. Yeah. yeah? So. True. As a result, people were just even pushing it on their own. But for, for, for us, we leverage on content marketing for the sake of using like words, relatable words. We leverage on content marketing, pushing related like contents people could actually learn from, and then link them to an opportunity to now learn this like and like an end from an end-to-end perspective through our upcoming program. Then also we, we, we tapped into partnerships very early enough. Community partners, media partners. Yeah. Media partners, people who had wide reach, who were willing to share within their networks, then community partners, people who had people with such interest within their communities, and were willing to share those things within their community. So partnerships, then content marketing. Those were like the two things we, we used in getting our first set of customers or our first set of learners at Trefford.
2: Fantastic. Partnerships, content marketing. Yeah. How many users did that get you initially? Was that what you took to your first one thousand, or you still yes. have to do other things?
0: Yes, that, that was, what was
2: your one thousand. Yes,
0: yes, that was what took us there, and but um, well, we also added a few things along the way. I mean, the ripple effect. We had this. There was this massive. Okay, so then another thing was we, the, in the earliest in our earliest days, our we came in with a very. So our pricing, in terms of pricing, we came with that focus on affordability. So the pricing was really, really, it was accessible and affordable to um, every Tom, Dick, and Daniel at the time. Yeah. So a, a lot of people could afford it because our earliest target market were the younger folks who were looking to just. Uh, I mean, at the time, the university system was totally down. Yeah, for a formal yeah. yeah. So we focused early enough on people who were just looking to start building out careers early enough instead of just waiting for see whenever schools were going to resume. So the, those were our initial targets. But while we we're doing that, we noticed that a lot of professionals were already were also joining in. People were from top companies were also joining in on our boot camps. Then mm-hmm. from there we noticed that um it wasn't just the, the younger generation or the undergraduate market that were interested. There were people who were already in companies who were also interested at the time. So we had to quickly just reposition our, our offering to also speak the message, the, speak the language of people who were also in that professional um, space. Yeah, yeah and, to, um, as sort, It led to a lot of referrals. There was this organic referral that was just happening at, on a very large scale. Yeah, people were happy to recommend Trefford. People were just, people were even going as far to recommend Trefford to their companies. And their companies started paying for more people to come and learn. Um, people were happy to pay for their relatives or friends or even colleagues to come and learn. We still have yeah. that today where people will just reach out and say, We are paying for, I'm paying for my cousin or I'm paying for my younger one to come and learn at Trefford. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so referral came in. Um, referral came into the picture, uh, aside from content marketing and um, and um, the partnerships. i how add referral to it? yet. Yeah.
2: So those are like three solid uh, uh, moves right there. So you mentioned something about different types of users coming in yes. this, from the right from the very beginning. So how did yes. you identify like your ideal customer profile? You know, mm. in those early stages, how are you able to differentiate? These are the people that we want. These are the people we are building for, and these are yeah. the people. These are the people they are not our ideal. How are you able to do that?
0: All right, and that's a very good question. So, in the early days, we we already had an. Obviously, you don't just go into market without having postulating what your prospective user persona is going to look like. So we had like an initial draft of what our user persona was looking like, was going to look like. And I yeah. think we created a few categories then. Yeah. Um, we, we said we're actually catering for the recent under, the recent graduates or undergraduates, yeah, who were looking to start building their career early. Then we knew that our course and content was valuable enough for people who were actually working, like people who were working. But we just didn't know to what extent it was going to resonate with them, but we knew it was valuable enough because we're not creating our, with Trefford curriculums, we're not created from an academic point of view. Mm. You don't come and learn something academic at Trefford. You come and learn something you can deploy at Trefford. Yeah. So we, that has always been the mindset at Trefford because everything we created at Trefford, we created from a position of doing and not from a position of teaching you get whatever being taught at Trefford is taught from people who are doing stuff. Till now, we have to always turn. We from time to time we we always turn down people who want to come and take sessions at Trefford because we tell them you need to have had certain years of experience of building certain stuff, yeah, for you to even mm-hmm. take any form of session at Trefford. So if you have if you don't have an experience, you cannot just come and say you are teaching at Trefford because you have a certification. Yeah, we are happy about your certification, but we need to see what you have built. We need to see what
2: you've done.
0: Try something out. Whether you are successful or you have failed, but you need to have tried something out. So you need to mm-hmm. speak from that position of trying something out. Yeah. And not from position of reading something. Reading yeah. something, You get So, so your,
2: that your curriculum is application-based.
0: Purely application-based, yeah. And that, that made it... Um, that made our... Target market evolved very fast from undergraduate and recent graduates to working class people very fast because <clears throat> people realized that whatever they were learning, those were things they could immediately just deploy on mm-hmm. their job. In fact, we had one of my one of my earliest um, fun moments at Trefford is meeting a, a founding team of a startup that told me they actually came as an, like the entire founding team enrolled into Trefford Bootcamp and just applied everything they learned there into building their products, launching mm-hmm. their products, acquiring users for their products, driving wow. growth for their yeah. products to a point where these people literally bootstrapped, like based on the things they learned, they were able to build a product and get paid users that mm-hmm. ran that startup till they got their first investor. And wow. expand- As we speak now, they've expanded into like about three states. Yeah, okay. this is and, amazing. Actually. Yeah, and when I met with these are young guys, were well, very young guys, graduates from like I think they they all went to I think OAU. Yeah, and um, when I met with them, they, they they were like the things they learned from the bootcamp. Yeah, in fact, whenever they are recruiting new people into the team, maybe you are coming to their product team, you are coming to their growth team part of the onboarding process is you have to watch this Trefford course. And when I saw that, it just, it activated something in me about the value we're really creating. And we've never looked back since then. So we just knew that it, we just prioritized people who were already building stuff or people who were looking to immediately apply whatever they've learned on their job. or mm-hmm. off the gap. So we, we've always had founders join Trefford boot camps from inception till now. Like we've oh. had founders, yes, who have joined Trefford Bootcamp. And some of these founders, their startups have, they've, they've probably scaled to YC or tech stars, yeah, or raised multiple rounds of funding. Oh, so funding. So I would say our earliest audience were very, our earliest audience were like recent graduates and undergrads. But that change within less than 12 months, we evolved from that into the working space and the business leaders and the senior folks. That's, we still that's, have a few. Yes, we still have a few undergrads join our boot camps, but not too many of them. Uh, just more, it is now eighty percent or ninety percent of them are now the working class guys, and we have optimized for that.
2: That's impressive, actually. That's yeah. impressive. Good work. I mean, I'm I'm really really um, inspired by the story of you know an entire founding team yeah uh, basically- basically basically trefford was was more or less like an incubator for them in, in yes in the
0: exactly. Was that was one of the that was one of the most defining moments for me at trefford like mm-hmm, at, mm-hmm. what's one of the most defining moments for you at trefford and that was just within one year of wow. Trefford when I met those guys yeah and I, I I remember meeting with them the entire founding team sitting with them and i mean then telling me, from there, I built a very strong relationship with the founder, with the CEO. And mm-hmm. like, he literally became a mentee to me, where he ran a lot of things by me. Um, I told him how to position certain things. And I saw them figure out a whole lot of things till, I mean, they are really doing well now. And it's it, really it, it, yeah, that, that just that sparked something in me that just made me realize that you guys are building something very valuable. You guys are solving real problems. They're solving real problems. You know, it's one thing to to see, just count your users on dashboard. But it's another thing to meet them and they tell you real story. Like not even on a call, but meet them in person. Man, that that was a very, it was a defining moment for me. And since then, I, 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 I think I've met with quite a number of founders now who have gone through one program or the other at Trefford and they are doing really well.
2: That's awesome. So, founders, if you're listening to this, feel free to use Trefford as your accelerator or incubator.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> in fact, that inspired us developing a learning path at Trefford called Product Strategy. Yeah. So there's yeah, a yeah, learning I'll, path at uh, Trefford. Check that out. Yeah, Product Strategy, and it is it is strictly for um senior product folks, business leaders. We've had people, we've had executives from like multinationals join our product strategy bootcamps we've had mm-hmm. founders join our product strategy bootcamp then we've had senior product folks join our product strategy bootcamp
2: wow that's fantastic that's fun. Okay. I'll check it out myself actually no problem all right so so um you know these are these are like some some of the good things right but yeah in those in those early days what what strategies did you try and like really really it bombed you know it just failed terribly yeah, yeah, there's some strategies like that.
0: Yeah, Oh, men, a ton of them, a ton of them. So for us, we are, we are a highly experimental team, which means we create room for failure within everything we do in-house. And we see it as a learning opportunity. So a lot of things we are currently doing now, probably a lot of things we are doing that are highly successful, most of them were coined from things we tried out that failed. But we just now, we sat down and dissected the failure. And from that failure, we now bettered something more successful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In terms of, I'm trying to look at the one I can pick. Um, I mean, there were quite a number of courses we actually pushed at the time as individual boot camps, where people could just go and learn. And we realized that people could not resonate to it because they could not find how they could directly deploy that? I mean, they saw the they saw the importance of it on their role, but they didn't see how they could just use that to build out like maybe an entire career. It was more of a subset of what they were trying to do. So instead of us now trying to roll out multiple boot camps, we now have to sit down to listen more to people to understand what they were trying to achieve career wise and the problems we are currently facing and. Um, it helped us now focus on creating our curriculums from that angle as against wanting to roll out multiple learning paths as maybe multiple streams of income, obviously, yeah? We we now focus on create on solving actual problems that people are facing from a career point of view, from a career stage point of view, yeah? Mm-hmm. And from a career um, goal point of view. I mean, in the earlier stage, you had things like maybe product documentation bootcamp, we had another bootcamp like Agile Management Bootcamp, but none of those things scaled at the time. And the reason they didn't scale, if we try it then again, now, they'll probably scale because now we understand how to communicate better. But at the mm-hmm. time, we're a team of, we're, we're so amateurish in the sense that even we ourselves on the team, there are so many things we didn't know how to do. And um, we're just pushing it from a purely passionate point of view. And we realize that oh, this thing doesn't actually scale. Yeah, um, we need to understand how to communicate those things better. So, I mean, there, there was that. Then also, what other thing did we try that was maybe a very big, uh, a very big failure, or let me say something that we had to re-strategize on from a marketing point of view. I know we have probably experimented on a number of things marketing-wise that we just realized that it didn't scale. The users didn't understand them, yeah, and we just had to track those things back. And But the biggest one would be we launching out, seeing success in one area, and we just tried launching out so many other programs, and I realized mm-hmm. that those programs are not resonating with people because we had deviated from our approach of, solving people's problems from yeah. the of wanting to just try out things from an idea point of view yeah whenever mm-hmm. we try doing things from an idea point of view we have never really gotten the kind of response we get compared to when we push out things from solving actual problems that we know exist, yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah
2: so going against going against the data never really worked for you
0: yeah, no, 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 no. My startup background is the idea background. So my previous startups where I worked, I was in an environment where, I mean, we had crazy ideas. Like we had very smart people who just have ideas. You know, you know there was this era of disruption where what was trending then was you wanted to disrupt, like bringing an idea to disrupt. So your if your idea is not disruptive, you you are not smart. You are just you doing mean, something. No, <laughs> you are not a startup. And and, and I mean, tre- actually, for we are not we are not being. Uh, we are we are not really focused on being disruptive. We are just focused on doing the normal thing, but just being the best at doing the normal thing.
2: I mean, so, that's that's been disruptive in itself, if you ask me.
0: I mean so you're disrupting quality. <laughs> uh, most likely yeah, yeah yeah I mean that's yeah. another angle and way to look at it basically. Uh-huh
2: uh-huh, uh-huh. awesome. So I, I believe you've achieved you can say you've achieved product market fit right now. So at what point did you did you um know that yes, Trefford has achieved product market fit? Ah
0: man. That PMF question is is a very interesting one. <laughs> um I've never I, I'm still not mentally at a place where I think we have, but well, I know that we are progressively headed in that direction. Yeah. But I have heard other founders tell me that with the things you guys have done and with the way like the, the self-paced learning platform is being adopted, the pace at which it's been, it has been adopted, you guys are actually really on that terrain. But for me, I, I don't think we have, I just think we are progressively headed towards that direction. Yeah. So, uh, um, uh, and I think we are closer now than we ever have been. Yeah, but I would yeah. not. Say we have hit maybe because I set crazily high standards. Yeah, and I feel that there are still certain things we need. There are still certain things we need to tick uh, before we say we have hit that PMF. Yeah. So, you, if you yeah. ask me this again in another six months, I might have a different answer.
2: Uh, we ask you in another months. <laughs> All right. So, how do you how do you currently approach you know user retention? How do you approach user retention?
0: That's a very sweet question. Yes. Yeah, so, um, how we approach user retention is is embedded in our mission statement. Our mission has evolved from the very early days to, and our mission keeps evolving. But right now, our mission is to become a lifetime. Career partner for professionals who are looking to build no quote, non-technical careers in tech, yeah. And mm-hmm. as a result of that, we are not just prioritizing you coming to a bootcamp or you taking an e-learning course. We are prioritizing building a lifelong relationship with you, where beyond boot camps, you are coming back every other month to join a master class that is just honing. Now it is honing on a specific skill. And create, we create a workshop around those masterclasses to not just help you learn, but also help you master that skill, yeah? Mm. Where you work along with other people in taking exercises and things like that. And we have, mm. a, lot of our, we have a lot of people retained in our ecosystem because of that. Um, we have something called Hangouts. We created the use case of using Twitter as a learning environment before every other person started adopting it. Yeah, uh-huh. we're the earliest adopters of using Twitter spaces for learning environments where uh-huh. you now say, oh, there's a Twitter space you want to talk about how to build a product in a company. All of that. Trefford were the earliest adopters of that. We started with this, uh, what was this, this other product then that was just exclusive mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. iPhone users? Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Clubhouse, yeah. We started that mm-hmm. on Clubhouse and we pivoted to, to Twitter spaces. The moment we saw that, Twitter spaces was driving very fast engagement here. So and also we post boot camps at Trefford and post-learning at Trafford, we have something called mentorship session. Like we have where we have like senior people across different no-code career paths, product managers, product marketing guys, design guys, content guys, and senior like product leaders generally, where you have like monthly. We have, in fact, we have. It's actually a weekly thing. We have like weekly mentorship sessions with these people. Like so, if you are in a particular cohort, you can access that mentorship for like about two months, even like for two months stretch, even after the bootcamp. Then we have something called career prep sessions, more like career support sessions. So we are mm-hmm. constantly sharing job. We have. We are constantly sharing job opportunities with people in our network. Yeah, we are constantly linking them with job opportunities because we have recruiters who are constantly reaching out to us at Trefford. We have startup founders reaching out to us at Trefford asking that they want to specifically hire from Trefford. Yeah. We see had we see had an email from a startup like two weeks ago who said they only want to hire a product, a Trefford product marketing um alumni. Yeah. Like they're like, we need a product marketing person, but part of the criteria for us is this person needed to have gone to Trefford.
2: Wow.
0: Yeah. yeah. I so. Should,
2: I should finish my Trefford, co- my product marketing course. So, 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 so,
0: so, so yeah, and, and what you're taking currently, at, at, it has even the um, product content marketing starter pack. Yeah. There is like, there is a full blown bootcamp that has even more sessions and practical sessions. And we are also uploading. A complete course on e-learning that has Amazing. even much more and um, deeper and technical sessions to cater for those courses. Yeah. Fantastic. So for us, yeah. So for us, the, the focus is on that lifelong learning and lifelong partnership with people. Yeah. So as a result of as a result, it has driven our retention, it keeps improving our retention rates, basically.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So you, you you mentioned something about. You know, trying to do, you know, normal stuff, but do it way yeah. better than any other person, and yeah. I think that itself is a differentiating factor. But, but I'm also curious to know how do you stand out from your competition in this space?
0: Yeah. First of all, we stand out. We, we our way, our, our positioning is deeply rooted in our focus. Yeah, the fact that we are focused on just no tech career paths. First of all, it it gives us an identity, yeah? Um, And we are very particular about our messaging. We don't just use general words. We are so particular about the words we use in describing whatever we do. We are particular about our storytelling. Yeah, we are heavily invested. Mm -hmm. From day one, we set up a content team and a storytelling team in-house. So we are heavily invested in telling our stories. And I mean, our focus is... So we've differentiated ourselves with that focus on on, on local tech. I'm going to give an example. So earlier this year at the platform, I forgot someone from Google was speaking. And so he was telling people about tech space, how to build careers in tech. And he told them during his time, there were really no platforms. There were no platforms where he could actually learn. So he had to figure out a lot of things. But now... Then he shared a slide on the slide, he told them there are places you can now learn technical skills. So he puts a number of startups in that group and he said there are also now startups where you can even now learn non-technical skills in tech. And in that, in that box, he just put two startups, Trefford and Revit. Yeah? So mm-hmm. and I feel that is enough differentiator. Yeah? So mm-hmm. people now associate when people think Trefford, they think no code. Yeah. yeah? So, and we have all our messaging, we are very intentional about reiterating that. And the more we yeah. done that, the more we realize that even no code in itself has over twenty different career paths that we can even keep building different um, courses on for people. Yeah. So yeah. that is what has helped us differentiate ourselves. And also, one of the key, another key differentiator is the fact that no, we are the most consistent edtech um, startup when it comes to just. Our focus is beyond bootcamps. Our focus is beyond you taking an e-learning course. Nobody's as consistent as Shrekord when it comes to our masterclasses. In fact, for us in-house, our masterclass is as important, if not even more important, than our bootcamps, despite the fact Mm -hmm. that a chunk of the revenue comes in from those bootcamps and from those e-learning costs, yeah? But uh, our ability to drive continuous learning is uh, one of our biggest differentiators.
2: That's, yes. that's great. And I mean, it's working for you, really, if we look yeah. at the numbers. Awesome. What has building Trefford like, taught you about the African market so far? In the last couple of years, what have you learned about the African market since you started building Trefford?
0: Uh, that's a very good question. So, um, I've learned a lot, though. <laughs> that's <it. laughs> That's a podcast. What I've is, is a podcast on its own with multiple episodes, like a series. I'm going to summarize it into saying that you can't just really copy and paste from the foreign market into the African market. The market, the African market That's is true. very dynamic, and That's even true. within the African market, there is there are still multiple markets with multiple dynamic behaviors. Yeah. So you, yeah, it's it's it's, 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 it's nice to just say the African market. But the truth is, even within that Africa you're talking about, there are multiple markets with multiple user behaviors. Yes. Yeah? That's correct. So, so, so one of the things I have learned is that you cannot just make, um, you, you you, need to really, no matter how good your idea is, until you've executed, yeah? Until you've actually tested with a real user, everything you still have is just a theory. Yeah. Mm. So, um, you need to, and uh, you need to test as fast as possible. Yeah. Don't wait too long to test. Don't wait till everything is perfect to test. Test with whatever version of your idea you have. Try to test as early as possible. I know there's this fear of, Oh, I don't want them to steal my idea. So let me protect it and stuff like that. But, um, you, there's this quote that says the, um, you miss you miss all the shots you didn't take yeah. Yes. yeah, you only get the chances of you hitting a shot. it's you even trying it out in the first place. but if you refuse to take that shot, yeah um, you already miss 100 percent of all the shots you've not taken. and I think that's one of the biggest lessons I have learned with Trefford with building Trefford in the African market. yeah mm. we have tried a lot of things. But the reason we are here in the first place is because we even dare to start with like the limited knowledge we had at the time, and but we are here because of the the amount of knowledge and insight we have gained from executing, basically. So yeah. you are as you are really as good as your execution, yeah. And and um, another thing I learned about the African market is you. You. it is important. Velocity is really key. I think the, the biggest competitive advantage every startup has is velocity. And what I mean by velocity is their ability to execute at a certain pace. Yeah. You can die as a startup, not because you don't have, uh, not because you don't have idea, not because you are not executing, but you are not executing fast enough.
2: Fast enough, yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So, 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 so I, uh, then another key thing I, I I learned about this space is alignment alignment is everything. Yeah. Um, so I, I carried out, I, I, I think I was reading Harvard's Harvard business review, one an article from Harvard business review, and they were talking about, they were sharing insight on research they've carried out and what killed a lot of startups the most. They were like, interestingly, it wasn't even lack of funds. Yeah, because I've seen a lot of startups that are raised and still died, even after yeah. raising. That is really, and it is even more predominant in the African space because the, 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 a natural African has some form of natural pride that you want to protect. You want to sound smart. You want to sound like the smartest. You want to sound like the most intelligent. And as a result, there's this, there's this subconscious preference to wanting to claim a glory for ideas or wanting to claim glory for certain successes, and mm-hmm. as a result, one of the things I realize is that um, startups—the one of the the most one of the things that kills startup the most—that is not even being really talked about is mm-hmm. misalignment within that startup. Yeah, and that is very—I've seen that happen within so many African startups where the founders are really not aligned on whatever it is they really want to do. Uh, this uh, so certain person has his or her own idea of what this startup should be doing. Another person has his or her own idea of what the, the direction they think the startup should be headed. And they cannot come yeah. to an alignment on a common direction that the startup should head. I, I have noticed that in the African period, this kills more startup than any other factor. Wow. This is yeah. interesting. So, so the earlier you invest in over-communicating as a leader in a startup, with your co-founder, with the key members of the team, one of the most important things you need to be doing every other day is over-communicating the vision. The more you understand the vision, you make sure you over-communicate that with your co-founders, with your key members of the team. See, you come to a point of alignment. yeah. And Mm -hmm. by communicating, communicating, you need to understand that communicating is a two-way thing. And, And I think a lot of startup founders in Africa it takes them time to eventually realize that communicating is different from them sharing their idea with someone and telling them mm. to follow through on that idea. Communicating yeah. means you have shared your thoughts and you are sitting down to listen to their own end and see how you can yeah. make a compromise from your end and their end to achieve a common goal. I think so. So those are mm. some of the key lessons I've learned in building in the African space. Alignment alignment, or misalignment start startup faster than any other thing. Um, the African market in itself is not, a, it's not just one market. There are multiple markets within yeah. the African market. Yeah. So generalizing is actually, it is, until you start executing and, and you start having people coming from other markets to, to patronize your services, then realize that it's not just really one market. Yeah. But for the yes. sake of pitch deck, for the sake of talking to investors, saying Africa is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. execute velocity. Velocity is key. Yeah, uh, it's not just important to have an idea, but the velocity at which you execute is 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 synonymous to life or death of that startup. So those are the lessons,
2: and this is a masterclass in itself.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, what is one thing, just one thing, that you know now that you wish someone had told you before you started building?
0: Uh, that certain things take time Um, that uh, certain things actually takes time yeah and um, no matter how passionate you are no matter how energetic you are about a vision there are certain things that still has to go through certain process it doesn't matter someone said something that I've held on to for a long time and the person said um no matter what you try to do, if you are a precede startup, you are still a precede startup, you have to go through certain process and generate certain results to move from precede startup to a seed startup to a series A startup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know there is this, there is this new buzz of wanting to build a unicorn. Everybody wants to build Everybody a unicorn. I'm using the, to build the unicorn, I'm the next unicorn. But the truth is this there are certain processes you have to go through to achieve certain things, yeah? Um, Yeah. And I've seen a lot of founders get frustrated because they didn't see certain results within the time frame they expected them, yeah? But if you are honest with yourself and you understand what you are actually trying to build, then um, you need to also understand the role time has to play. Maybe I I, I knew. I, I kind of knew because, I mean, I'd already played, I'd already worked closely with founders in another startup. So... I knew that, so it is not as, it's not as if I didn't know, but I didn't just know how much it would demand of me. You you really, startup takes a lot from you. Yeah, and um, if you are not willing to dedicate, depending on the vision you have, it is okay. Not everyone is going to build a unicorn. Unicorn is not the, it's not the ultimate metric for success. You need to understand what success means to you and what you are building. And you need to understand what it's going to demand from you. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people don't really know how what the demand of building certain things are before they go into it. But when they get into it, then they start realizing that's demand. So, so for me, I had an idea of the demand, but I still really didn't know. I wish someone would have still told me that, young man, you are going to sacrifice a lot of things just to build and grow this thing to the point you really want to grow it to. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: That's a a strong lesson right there for anybody listening. So, um, you know, on a lighter note, how would you describe the team at Trefford?
0: How would I describe the team at Trefford? I mean, it's a blend of everything. A blend of fun, a blend of seriousness, a blend of uh, uh, very playful people. Very, very playful people um, who are also who also know when to be serious. Yeah, so we I can, I can, I mean, at times I'm probably the biggest clown on the team. Yeah. If you, you probably join the Trefford call where we are having, we have this thing called monthly town hall. If you go to the comment session and you see the bands being thrown there, I probably threw the largest bands in the, in that session. You are wondering can how can, <laughs> how exactly can this guy be the founder or the co-founder or CEO of this company? Yeah. And yeah. it is okay to, so one of the things we have, been able to successfully do is retain humanity and not just try to create an environment of robots. Yes, yeah? so it's a it's a it's an environment where we have never lost touch with the human side of people. So that's 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 yeah. straightforward. But I mean, I would, I would just say they are a blend of extremely serious people and a blend of very fun people.
2: Lovely. So this is the final yeah. question right here. Right. <laughs> so awesome. um, currently. Currently, yeah. what do you need? Are you hiring? Are you raising? Are you expanding? What do you need at Triford right now?
0: Hmm. That's a very good question. That's a very good question. So, yes, we are doing a combination of all those things. Yeah, we we are having constant conversations with people who want to be part of um Trefford in like the capacity of oh. think i'd like to be part of this journey i'd probably like to back you guys i would like to invest in you guys we're having those constant conversations and communications going on Mm -hmm. yeah and also we are looking out for we are constantly looking out for people who fit into what we are trying to build and also bringing their skill set in helping us move from like where we are to where we want to be yeah Mm -hmm. and um, so what we currently want at Trefford is people who would also help us take that next step, at Trefford, mm. basically because we are constantly pushing ourselves. We are constantly mm. setting goals that make us just stretch ourselves. Yeah, and we we have come to a point to realize that some of these things might need some new perspectives. So yeah. we are hunting for those people.
2: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, no problem. So yeah. anyone who is listening and you think you have what Trefford needs. Reach out to Harry. Um, where, where can they reach out to you? LinkedIn, Twitter? Uh,
0: so I might not even be the person they need to reach out to. They need to reach out to the, the people team, the HR okay. team.
2: Okay. okay.
0: Yeah. Right. Yes. I, so, awesome. so, Trefford is a team of, uh, I mean, one of the interesting thing about us is ownership. Yeah, There is, every, there are different responsibilities owned by different people. So yeah. I might not have the, there are certain things you bring to Trefford, and if you try to get my take on it, i I'll just tell you, my take is not what you need to achieve this thing with Trefford. You need this other mm-hmm. person's thing. If they don't if they say no to it, I can't say anything. I can't I can't change that. Yeah. So they can, like, they can reach out to people they like can reach out to people at Trefford.Africa.
2: Awesome. People at yeah. Dot Africa.
0: Africa. Africa. Yeah. Africa, Africa. Right? .africa, Yeah.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So I'll have that in the uh, description, in the show description, so they they can uh, also awesome. just from no there from problem. Yeah. So thank you, thank you so much, Harry. It's been it's been oh, a my fun. Pleasure. Thank you so thank
0: so. Much. Yeah, I enjoyed this too. I enjoyed this too. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did. It will it's really interest listeners to listen know that this is the second time we're recording.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, and it was worth it. It was worth yes, yeah. it, it was, was hundred percent every yeah, so bit of it. Thank you so I think much. This
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Growing Africa. I hope you were able to learn a few things from our chats. Check the description of the episode for some of the important information we covered during the session. And make sure to subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're listening on. On the next episode, I'll be here with amazing people from another startup doing amazing stuff in Africa. Till then... Please share this episode with your friends, family, and colleagues. And if you would like to get on the show or introduce me to someone who should be on the show, please send an email to hi at danielose.com. And don't forget, for the full Growing Africa experience, visit danielose.com slash africa. Till the next episode, keep building and keep growing.